This episode of Benefits Buzz was recorded in early March of 2020. We understand that the coronavirus pandemic is the most important issue in the world right now. Our hearts go out to all those affected, and we will continue to keep you up to date on the latest news regarding your employee benefits. We've all heard of workshops, but when we heard the term fun shop, we had to learn more. So we brought in the co-creators of Sunshine and 79 to talk to us about fun shops and leadership. I'm Kelsey Burgad. With me today is Hayden Gothy, and we are the co-hosts of Benefits Buzz. Nicole Curtis, welcome. We're so excited to have you all here today to talk about Sunshine and 79. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Sure. Thanks for having us. We're really excited to be here. Um, as you said, my name is Nicole Turchin, and I am one of the co-creators of Sunshine and 79. I have spent my entire career in customer success, communications, marketing, learning and development, wherever I land is where I land. Um, and I'm a huge advocate of culturally positive organizations and companies investing in their people to help them be a part of that. Outside of Sunshine and 79, I'm married to my awesome husband who puts up with a whole lot from me. We have two dogs. We live on the lake and we just really enjoy most things that Minnesota and North Dakota have to offer. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, most things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my name is Curtis Karn, uh, also co-creator of Sunshine and 79. I've been working in the HR field for the past decade, uh, mostly on the talent acquisition side, helping people find their spaces and their places to be in organizations so that they can grow and uh, be successful in what they do. Uh, also a big proponent of cult culture. Um, one thing that really gets me up in the morning and, and gets me excited about working is being able to go to an organization that wants their employees to do better and be better at what they do every day and providing them opportunities to do that, uh, whether it's with training or just fun events and things that are going on in the office on that side. Um, I also have a family. Uh, I have a wife and two great kids uh, and a wiener dog uh, at home. And uh, <laughs> speaking of your lake house, I was able to go out there as we were prepping for one of our uh, fun shops and beat Nicole at ping pong for the first oh. time on her home court. So uh, we'll bring that up too. Just to Sounds that like a sore a subject. <laughs> yeah. We should get into that. Okay. She was I, not ready for that. She no. wasn't ready for the skills. I let you win. You did so not. <laughs> <laughs> I did let him win. I did let him win. <laughs> I'd like everyone to know that. So is that how you two met and know each other? It sounds like you have very similar passions when it comes to culture and workplace. Yeah. I mean, we were kind of in the same circles, but didn't really know each other real close until Nicole actually reached out to me to... Mm -hmm start a, a workshop really? Yes. I was in charge of planning a workshop for a company that I was working for. And I always think two heads are better than one. So I had put a message out on LinkedIn looking for some help. And someone from LinkedIn randomly said, you might want to connect with Curtis Carr. And I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, I was working across the street from Curtis at the time. So I just sent him a message and said, Hey, can I walk on over and talk to you about something? I didn't give him too much information because I didn't want him to say no. <laughs> I would and love to hear what your initial gut reaction was when you got I that message. Yes, a lot to a lot of things. Yeah, I was like, sure, let's figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I just walked over and said, I've been tasked with creating this workshop on the topic of purpose and I'd like your help. And so we got together for beers, put together a workshop, and from that it was born. And tell us a little bit about what Sunshine and 79 looks like then when you when you're working through these yeah i mean our biggest thing was in starting this company and and we joke because it literally was started over a couple beers and hey should we do this 
Sure. So yeah, we said a lot of just yes uh, across the board. But when we initially were doing it, we, we were coming up with the topic of and the concept that when you go to these events, when you go to events or you go to speakers or you go to uh, a seminar or anything like that, you always fill your notebook with all these great things that you that you hear and that you love and that you take away and you come out with all this energy and you go back to your office and you put that notebook in the drawer. And so nothing really comes. There's very little action items that take place following some of these speakers, unless you're very diligent about that. So you're looking to activate them. Yeah, absolutely. That was the big thing. And for us, we wanted to put together topics that were still very pertinent to what's going on in business and personal life, but make them a little bit more fun, uh, spice them up a little bit to allow them to be a little bit more um, relatable, I think, uh, instead of just super high level business jargon. Uh, we put in a little bit more context, I think, for for anybody to really be able to understand. And our big thing is, as we go through all these talks, we know that our 90 minutes with you or our two hours or three hours with you is not going to change your life historically, right? You're not going to leave there being like, I'm a brand new person. Uh, those things Curtis and Nicole talked about for the last 90 minutes hit so hard that I'm now turning everything in my life upside down to change. It's giving them a few things to what we say is move the needle. Right. Leave there with some one piece of action item that you can put into effect that's easy, that's simple, that you connected with in that conversation that we just had or in that presentation that we had to let you start moving that needle a little bit. And that's really what we try and focus on. And some of the topics that you do focus on, where do they come from? Do they just come from your personal experience? Is that some feedback that you've gotten from other businesses? What does that process look like? Yeah, it is. We talk to a lot of people. And so we hear a lot of the problems that organizations are facing. And so really, we just try to pay really close attention to the things that people are saying to us. So a big word we've been hearing lately is self-awareness. So we're in the process of creating a fun shop on that. So we really just, I mean... We kind of say nobody in our lives is safe. So whether you're a family member, a friend, whatever you tell us, you should just always know there's a good chance we're going to incorporate it into a fun shop. Yeah, in it'll some turn way. into something. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> no one is safe with us. Maybe that's why people don't want to have dinner with us anymore <laughs> or drinks. Coffee's gone real downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But in, to Curtis's point about being relatable, uh, when I was tasked with uh, at the company I was working for with creating a workshop. I did meet with a lot of consultants who I thought could build a really great workshop for me. The problem was, and I think there's a place for everyone in the world and in this space, but the problem was for me, they were showing up to these meetings I had asked for and they were in suits and ties and their hair was perfect and their makeup was perfect. And I always showed up like a total mess because that's just who I am by nature. And so I thought, okay, I can't believe these people. I don't believe what they're telling me because they're living in the perfect world and their perfect home, driving their perfect car with their perfect family. And I just said to Curtis, like, I think if we're just really honest about who we are and we just are very authentic, that people can learn differently from us that they may be from someone like that. So these fun shops really come down to being more relatable and making the average person who's going to them understand that they're just like you. They shouldn't attain to be some person who is in the perfect suit with the perfect outfit. Yeah, you know, it's you go to some of these talks, and again, no offense to anybody, but it's like, here's your top 10 reasons to be a better leader. And it's like, you know, here's 10 bullet points that you can leave with. And if you do these, you're going to be a better leader. Well, and they're not, in your notebook that you throw in your drawer. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's typically not the case because, I mean, you can relate to them in some way, shape, or form, but you have to find out how that's going to fit that individual at that point in their time where they're at within their 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 life or, or their job. And so we really are working on the, hey, take one or two things here today that you can move 
again, the needle with to, to be able to make an impact. Give us a couple of examples of some of your more popular fun shops. I think truth telling without the help of beer. That's a good one. It's a really yeah. popular one. I think um, it's really our take on what a critical conversation looks like. And we make it a little less serious by talking about why are we so honest when there's alcohol in us and why can we not be so honest when there isn't? And how do you take those things and merge them together to be able to have tough conversations? And also it's beer in the title. So people just show up. <laughs> uh, we have to make a disclaimer. There is no beer at this conversation. At what point do you yet. issue that disclaimer, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always an asterisk yeah. on the bottom, no beer will be provided by the speakers. <laughs> so why do you think that interaction and that humor is so important? And why do you think that really sets you apart from those other leadership speakers that are out there? I think for me, I read something somewhere once that said, when we sit back and we look at our lives, the things that we remember traditionally are associated with laughter, smiling, things like that. Those are the things that are minds naturally retain. So when we were talking about building our fun shops, one of the things we said is, okay, well, if that's how the brain works, why aren't we infusing more laughter and more humor into these programs? And so that's really what started us saying, these are really big topics, but what are the ways that people will remember just a nugget of information from them? So that's really how it got started was, let's make this fun and energizing and get people outside of their comfort zones uh, because we want people to remember what we're saying or at least take away something that they can use in their lives. Mm, and I think people too think that when you have these seminars or presentations or things like that, that I have to be a certain level in my organization to attend this event or things like that. And really everybody can get better at what they're doing every day, whether it's having a crucial conversation or uh, finding humor in something that goes on within the workplace. And so that's why we tailored it too, is the fact that you don't have to be in the C-suite to go to one of these events to be able to learn more about yourself and get better at what you're doing. Anybody can attend these. And I think sometimes too, in organizations, sometimes that middle level leadership gets missed, um, you know, for whatever reason. And so allowing that, that group as well, from a focus standpoint from ours to be able to, to hit that group, um, uh, because they, they need leadership, uh, uh, conferences and, and, and growth as well on their side. I love that you say that, um, because I totally agree that middle level leadership is often skipped over when it comes to those types of things. And I notice on your website that you have, um, other fun shops that you call leadership. Can you talk a little bit about those? Sure. So <clears throat> Curtis thinks I'm a little crazy about this. <laughs> but that's okay. He thinks I'm crazy about a lot of things. <laughs> so we were we were driving in the car one day. We were on a trip to Bismarck. And I said to Curtis, we hear all of this talk about leadership and leadership expectations. We have to be great leaders. We have to have emotional intelligence. We have to hold our people accountable. We have to be accountable. We have to be positive. We have to have all these things. And I said, but we never hear about being happy as leaders. Like, what does it mean to find true happiness in being a leader? And so I said to Curtis, I've come up with this really brilliant word that I think we should trademark. Probably shouldn't share this yet. But, um, <laughs> but I said, what if, what if we did something around leadership, like being a happy leader? Because while I have worked for phenomenal leaders, I've also worked for really miserable leaders. And so I said, why don't we start talking more about not just leadership, but what it means to really be happy in doing it and showing up for your job every day with a smile on your face because you want to be in leadership. Now, the reverse of that, which we haven't launched or we haven't shared yet, 
is and I don't I don't love this, but I'm gonna just say it. Curtis hates it. Um, <laughs> don't hate it. It told so, you it's gotta grow on. So me. I have another word for the for miserable leaders, and we we're gonna call it bleedership because they're bleeding unhappiness when they're in leadership. And so I think that there is really something to be said about being happy in leadership or recognizing when you are just not meant to lead people and to be okay with that and to stop bleeding organizations of really powerful role models in leadership. Why fun shops instead of workshops? So fun shops, uh, basically what we did is we took, uh, the word workshop, uh, (laughs) and dropped the work part because the way we kind of approach our fun shops is, Hey, we want you to come out of here with some knowledge and some things to help you be better at what you do, but it doesn't have to be super dry and, uh, just a bunch of bullet points and a bunch of slides you're going through. So we try and make it very engaging. We add humor. Um, there's a lot of gifts involved, um, which Nicole's very proud of her gift game. Um, um, except for the real housewives stuff. I still, I can't, I can't get on board. Yes, I can get on board. See, there's always Thank one. I, I'm just not Thank there you. yet. There's always one. Yeah, there's always one in the audience. I don't get it. You but can't reach someone, everyone, right? Does, right? I'm like, proud in the audience. He's like shooting for that one person. Um, but then it really allows them to be able to engage in what's going on. A lot of group activities and things of that nature so that people are connecting in the room uh, with each other as well as hopefully with the subject. So do you agree that you think, you know, it's important to bring your personal passion into the workplace? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's an easy one. I, um, I've been really fortunate to work for companies where I don't feel like I have to be someone else. And I think in working for organizations that really support you being who you are, you really get a sense of what the world can look like when we don't have to be two different people. So I tell a story in one of our fun shops a few years ago, I had a dog that died. And as someone who doesn't have children, our dogs are our family. And so when she died, I my first thought was, I'm just going to stay home all weekend and I'm going to grieve so that when I show up on Monday morning, nobody will know that anything has gone wrong or that nothing's happened and I can just fly through. And at the time, I worked for this phenomenal company and I should have known better, but I show up at work on Monday morning Everyone comes in my office, they're giving me hugs, they have gifts, they have cards, and I was bawling all day. And so I went into the the office of my HR director at the time and I said, I think I just need to take the week off work. And she said, why do you need to take the week off work? And I said, because I can't stop crying and I can't have people I lead seeing me this week. And she looked at me and she said, that's exactly the reason you should be here this week is so that they see you as a human, not just as this stoic individual. And it was really transformational for me to recognize that there's power in being who I am in the office in the same way that I am outside of the office. And it was really transformational. It changed how I, how I act as a leader. Well, even just going back to what you were saying, Nicole, like, you know, when you look at studies, especially with like millennials, they talk a lot about the importance of work-life integration and just blending those lines. And I just, I think, you know, the the more and more we go, like that's just going to be a natural thing. Like you can't shut the door when you walk into work and just leave all of that behind. Like it's just going to be part of what you're doing at work, right? Yeah, it's no longer work-life balance. You're exactly right. It's work-life integration. Yeah. It's it's finding how those two things fit together because we are accessible 24 seven with phones and technology and everything else. And you have to have a conscious chance of shutting it off if you need to at that point. But if you're not excited about what you have going with it, 
are you going to be able to do that on a day-to-day basis and enjoy that on that side? So great point on that side. Well, and when we know people's passions outside of our work lives, it helps with things like recognition, building trust, accountability. If I know personal things about people, I can form a deeper connection. And we know that when that happens, uh, it impacts attrition rates at companies. It impacts overall joy and satisfaction at work. And so it's important to know who people are as people in the workplace and to give them a safe space where they can bring their passions to work. Yeah, that well, can I, well, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we've all heard the the phrase too that you don't quit jobs, you quit supervisors. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the importance of making that connection with a supervisor and like you said, like them showing their vulnerable, just actually being a real person side is so important. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and we, we, do a, we do a shop on influence, uh, a fun shop on influence. And it's funny because you need that connection for any sort of influence. You know, we do a, a, a bit with times 100 most influential people and you put them up on the screen and everybody in the room was like, I don't know who this person is. You know, it's like, oh, great. This painter uh, guy was one of the top influential peoples in 2019. Mm-hmm. But the room that we're talking has no connection to this individual. So how did they influence them on that mm-hmm. side? It's that connection is how you start to, to influence other individuals, to develop trust, help with the passion, things of that nature. Because to your point, you don't quit job, you quit supervisor or quit supervisors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to move a little bit into the different fun shops that you have. Cause when I was preparing for this podcast, I went through your website and looked at the different fun shops that you have out there today. And there were two in particular that stuck out to me. Um, the first was you suck at appreciating me. And the second was what would Bill Murray do? So can you give our audience, because I think everybody listening at this point is probably really interested to hear what one of these fun shops sounds like. Um, you two pick between those two, which ones you want to do, but I would love to get I'll a little Bill. bit of a snippet of, <laughs> of one of those. You do, you do uh, suck at appreciating me. Okay. So you suck at appreciating me is really our take on recognition in the workplace. I am a huge advocate of workplace recognition. There is a phenomenal group out of Omaha called Mindset. And one of the things that they talk a lot about is uh, what it means to really recognize people in the workplace. And they actually advocate, which I love, and I'm giving them a plug here because it's worth sharing, um, that leaders use 1% of their personal salary to recognize individuals in the workplace. And it's not individuals on their team, it's individuals within their organization. And what I love about this is that it places personal responsibility on me as a leader to invest in my people. It is not my company's responsibility, it's mine as a human being. So in You Suck at Appreciating Me, we talk about recognition in the workplace. Particularly, we talk about how it's not always just the leader's responsibility to recognize within an organization, that peer-to-peer recognition is really important, that it is important that employees recognize their leaders. So often we see CEOs who never get a thank you note from anybody, and we miss that group. Um, But beyond that, we talk in that fun shop about how you cannot appreciate other people if you don't take time to appreciate yourself and your gifts. So we talk a lot about that in that fun shop as well. And it is fun. We do a lot of micro activities. There's a lot of group activities with our fun shops. They're highly interactive. Curtis and I do not have a desire to stand up in front of a room and just spread knowledge or whatever. Preach. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) So that's what that one's about. It's personally my favorite one only because I think recognition is so overlooked in the workplace. 
and it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a conscious effort to be able to do it on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever basis. It's it's really it's a it's a fun one because you see the light bulbs click of people and they're writing down things that they want to do and people they want to interact with. So it's a good one. What has been uh, either of you your biggest takeaway from from this venture so far? Has there been anything that's really stuck out that you were maybe unprepared for or I, I anything th- you've really learned from it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the need. Um, the things that we talk about are not earth shattering new concepts, right? But the way it's being presented and the groups that we're presenting to, I think we had a group um, recently that we presented to and um, a lot of individuals working in, uh, not at a desk in the field, uh, driving around, traveling a lot, things of that nature. And we had people continually come up to us at the end and say, we don't get this type of, of a seminar because nobody focuses on the soft skills in our environment. Um, and so I think the need is just the biggest part out there and um, putting people, connecting people, having people have that light bulb moment where I can develop trust. I connect, can connect with somebody, which will allow me to have influence on that individual um, has been really big. But I think the, my biggest takeaway is I wasn't ready for the need. We knew that there was a need for it out there, but I don't think we were ready for the amount of people that keep asking about it. Yeah, we were pretty unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we launched Sunshine and 79 last September, Really from a business model perspective, we thought Q4 and Q1 would be building our pipeline, making connections that one day might turn into clients and partnerships. It just did not work that way, like straight out of the gate. I I mean, I will share the story. Like we got our first check from a client and we didn't even have a bank account. Like that's how fast <laughs> that happens. And, you know, Curtis and I just are winging it, just being like, we probably should have thought about that, but we didn't expect it to happen that quickly. Yeah. So I think we've learned a lot from this and we, we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of days I call Curtis and I say, I don't know what to do here, or I'm not prepared for this. How do we handle this? What is this email? you know, what are the next things we need to think about? We need an EIN number for the federal government, like all these things where it's like, we just didn't know. So in addition to being able to help others, I think we've really helped ourselves to learn what something new in our own lives look like. Sounds like you guys need a fun shop on entrepreneurship as well. <laughs> well we would not be teaching that. I can tell you that much. I can well, imagine all learning. learning. <laughs> I can imagine all of those struggles pretty much anyone who's been an entrepreneur has gone through at some point. So yeah, that's the, I mean, that's what I love about working with Curtis is that we, we have a belief that life is serious, but it doesn't have to be taken so seriously. So I can call Curtis with really stupid questions and be like, I know that in the world, this is real serious, but I just need a lighthearted look at this. Mm -hmm. And we do, we we just try to approach everything. We don't claim to have all the answers. We don't claim to know everything. We just sort of sit back and say, here's how we think we can help you. And if we can, that's great. And if we can't, we've made a new friend along the way. Yeah, and we're really good at just figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Even your name is lighthearted. So tell us how you came up with Sunshine in 79. Yeah, I mean, when we first were kicking around names and things of that nature, it was trying to find out what are things that people really enjoy. And we were talking and, you know, living in the Midwest with, you know, four separate seasons, sometimes longer seasons and cold. Um, it's one of those things where nobody's really mad on a sunshiny day when it's nice outside and you want to get outside and you know, perfect temperatures, 79, uh, so not 80, not 80, not no, 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 no. Well then 79. And also we were both, uh, do we want to reveal this? Yeah. Yeah. We were both born in that year. Um, so it ties in nicely with that side of it too. So 
that's how we kind of came up with the name. That's Sunshine awesome. in 82 just doesn't have the same It doesn't, right. It, it doesn't, doesn't really, 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 really work. We weren't really born work. that year, Hayden. No, you that's know? true. <laughs> Meant to be. Yeah, yeah. We did try on like Karn, Turchin, Associates. I mean, we tried to be serious. <laughs> we did try to be serious yep. for like a hot Con- second. Consulting. Yeah, it didn't. It yeah. Didn't and then we were sitting at the bar, of course, and we were both like, oh my gosh, I want to fall asleep even saying that. Yeah. How I would never hire us. You could never have fun shops under, you know, a mm. name like that. Yeah. No, but we really did. I think for for a split second, we felt safer in the norm. And then once we took a step back, we thought this isn't who we are. Mm-hmm. And if if we can't even start this company based on who we are, how can we allow it to thrive in yeah, who we grow. are? So that quickly went by the wayside. And, you know, I'll even, even when I told my parents the name of the company, they sort of gave me this weird, strange look like i already created a failure of some sort. I mean, it's just, it's an unusual approach in a, in an industry where things are very serious. And so, but that's one of the things I love about Mm -hmm. it is, and it's also a great conversation piece. It sticks out and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. People butcher it too, which is my favorite. They're like, Hey, how about that sun, sunny and, and and the number? And I was like, geez, close. I'll take it. I'll take it. So how do people find you? If they want to set up a workshop or a fun shop for their team, how do they find you? Well, you could check us out online, mm-hmm. www.sunshineand79.com, or you can email us, hello at sunshineand79.com. Uh, we're always available for coffee or drinks or lunch or whatever. We really just like to chat about what's happening in this world uh, versus really what Sunshine and 79 are doing. A lot of our conversations take a left turn. So Yeah, but they start out in a conversation and then the individual starts talking about a situation that they have or don't have. And um, sometimes we have a fun shop that fits that. Other times we've had uh, things that we've built for customers and clients too, saying, hey, I want to focus on this and how can we find a way to do that? And so we'll go out and be able to build something around it and get some scientific data and then uh, again, put the spin on it for us. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Discovery Benefits, a WEX company, is in the business of simplifying the world of employee benefits. Although we hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, we cannot provide legal, investment, or financial advice related to the plans we administer, and nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek appropriate professional advice regarding your plans.